Hey everyone, welcome back to the Broken Record podcast. I have two weirdos here with me today, but they're successful weirdos, so <laughs> they're allowed to be weirdos. I'm your favorite client, is that what you were going to say? Loki. Yes, I know. I just wanted you to say that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When you say barked, mm. you mean asper barked? Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you not say boo? I do. <laughs> welcome to the second season of the Broken Record podcast. Let's have a good time. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Broken Record podcast and it's a very, very exciting episode that you're about to listen to this week, especially if you're like me and always looking for new avenues to revenue uh, and maybe revenue in foreign currencies <laughs> as well. Uh, I do have Yamo in the studio with me, Yamo from Invest Bamboo. I'm sure you've seen her name pop up if you do uh, use the app. So Yamo is here and today we're going to be talking about all things investment, all things trading apps, all things applications. So welcome to the Broken Record podcast. Thanks for having me, Leela. Good to have you on. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. I'm honestly tired. I can feel traffic slowly picking up again and again in Lagos. Slowly, it's creeping up. It's not as bad as it was last year, but I'm starting to feel like I need to get out before it gets too much. (laughs) Oh my, but how's your year been? It's been such a hard year for everyone. Yeah, it's been a very, very long year. Um, but it's been good. Can't complain. We started the year, so we being Bamboo, we got into Y Combinator, which is what you know one of the world's best startup accelerator programs in San Francisco. So we spent the first quarter of the year just building the company. And then, you know, I had to rush back to Nigeria just before the lockdown started, lockdown, corona, you know, working through it. But it's been good. Can't complain. I mean, and now you've launched... A brilliant app. I mean, with access to over 3,000 Nigerian and US uh, listed stocks as well. What was the genesis of this idea? Um, We essentially built an app for ourselves. So we being my co-founder and I, we needed the product. We wanted to invest in the US markets and we both have only Nigerian passports. So it's really hard getting onboarded to the foreign brokers. And so, yeah, we just, you know, started speaking about it. My co-founder he said he was going to look into it. He came back a couple of weeks later to say, oh, this is actually possible and we should just start working on it. And it morphed into what is now a company. Wow. How, wait, how many years are we talking here? Because I'm sure this wasn't overnight. No, I mean, it's a couple of months from, oh, we should do this to, oh, let's start doing the research to, you know, getting the legal, you know, you need a lot of legal opinions. Yeah. Why isn't this possible? Checking with regulators. So it's about, you can say, a year, to, a year to two years of just getting things started to launch. That's that's actually less than I expected. I mean, given everything that it would take to put into that, that means you must have worked hard over that two-year period <laughs> to really get it going. That's that's amazing, Yamu. Uh, but before we do spend more time talking about the app, I, I want to find out more about you as well and get people to know the Yamu behind Invest Bamboo. So who is Yamu? Where did you grow up? Yes, I'm 26. I grew up in Lagos in Nigeria. I went to Grange in Ikeja for most of my life, literally from <laughs> from primary school till secondary school, then moved to London and then did chemical engineering. So, yeah, I did nothing to do with finance. Oh, I was not <laughs> expecting that. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. So fun fact, I did chemical engineering, but I knew very quickly that I didn't want to be an engineer. Definitely knew in like my first few months. 
but Nigerian parents who pay school fees. <laughs> what I was not going to do was not finish my degree. And yeah, I did, but then spent some time trying to figure out what I actually liked. And I didn't really like London, so I moved back to Nigeria. And then spent some time working in the in um, the office of the Minister of Power, Works and Housing, so Fashola's office mm. for the first, for about a year or two. So I did NYSC there. And I think everyone, most people are Nigerians, so know what NYSC is. And then... Moved, started working at a private equity company, and that's and that's where I started doing, you know, finance. Actually, learning about finance, finding out that I really liked it, liked investing, and yeah, bamboo. Wow, that that's amazing. I mean, first of all, I have to backtrack to your chemical engineering degree. <laughs> first of all, though, actually, if you um if you don't know what NYSC is, NYSC is essentially a year of service that Nigerians uh, have to take right after graduation. So uh, I don't think you can take you can't take NYSC if you haven't graduated. You have to have graduated, yeah. and then in order for you to get a job, mainly in the public sector, you have to have done your one year service. Um, private sector don't always require it, but everyone does their NYSC essentially um but yeah back to your chemical engineering <laughs> degrees so d do you feel like you had different options and you picked chemical engineering out of that or were you genuinely interested in chemical engineering hmm interesting i think i liked math and i liked chemistry and i probably put in less thoughts than i should in you know what do i want to do for the rest of my life but at like 15, 16, I don't think 15, 16 year olds can properly answer the question of what do you want to do for the rest yeah. of your life. So I sort of feel like university is a meet people, make friends, learn something and more importantly, learn how to think. And if you can do all of that, then mm -hmm. I feel like you've had a great experience. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Um, I would definitely agree with you on that. What What would you say you're passionate about, though? I, I know you're passionate about finance, but what are those things that other things that drive you? Um, I'm passionate about solving problems more than I would even say I'm passionate about finance in and of itself. So I moved, when I moved back to Nigeria, the main reason I started work, I you know did my NYSC in the Ministry of Power, Works and Housing was because I was just curious as to why we didn't have constant power supply and how we could fix that. And that was the same reason I wanted to work in an infrastructure private equity firm. And with Bamboo now, it was more trying to solve a problem that existed for me. So, I mean, I think that's essentially it. If we're all trying to find problems that bother us, they don't always have to be big problems. They don't have to feel like super lofty and just try to fix those. That's that's amazing. Developing an app, though, it's not an easy process at all. I know you said it took one to two years to get this done, but what was that process like? What were the steps that you had to take? So uh, in terms of actually building and developing the app, my co-founder, Richmond, did a lot of that heavy work because he's like more technical, producty person. I always like to say I don't work in tech. <laughs> I <ne> well, <laughs> huh? I work in financial services. <laughs> you know that I work mm. in financial services just because, you know, I'm definitely non-technical. But Fair. you know, if you and you know, I think that's something that it's important to talk about more. That you don't have to be technical. You don't have to code to start a tech company. Find people who can. Find people you trust. Find a technical co-founder. Find people to help you build. It's, you know, it's definitely helpful. It's definitely better. Yeah. But, you know, there's also room for people who aren't technical. 
in yeah. the space. I completely get you. Do you feel like putting together a team, was that something that you managed to do here and you managed to get everyone from here or did you have to pull the team together from different corners of the globe? Um, so we have, uh, in terms of our tech team, right? Yeah. We have a mixed tech team. So we have our tech team is across Africa and Europe. So everyone is African or European. And essentially, we just focused on getting the best quality, building the best app possible. And the focus on was on building an app everyone could use and would want to use. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and we're going to get into that. But there's something that you um, that I do want to go back to. Did you quit your job to focus on the app? Was that a decision that you took on? Yeah. I Yeah. So essentially, I was working, started talking to, you know, my co-founder at Richmond about it. Mm. And it was sort of like a slow, OK, I'm going to be working and, you know, happy to, like, help to look at how things are going. Not like look not looking at how things are going to do this full time it's just yeah. okay this is interesting oh this would be cool whenever you launch you know i'd be one of your first customers <laughs> i'd be one of your first customers and then yeah after a while but i mean i did quit my job to start doing this risky was that a scary decision um it should have been scarier if i <laughs> it would have been scarier if i put more like deep thoughts into it I think I sort of did it on the whim. I, I really liked the idea. I thought it was interesting. I, as you know, as my dad says, risk is for the young. I felt like I was in the stage of my life where I could do something like this. I had no husband. I had no kids. I have no like deep, you know, yeah, I'm responsible yeah. to me, you know. And so I could make these kind of decisions. And, you know, I'm lucky that I was able to make these kind of decisions. It's definitely scary, but I think... One of the things, especially just startups, tech, you know, everyone brings up is the worst case scenario is that you fail and you've learned a lot. <laughs> and like I always say about most experiences, mm -hmm. the most important things to me are you've learned, you know, a little bit more about how to think yeah. and meet people, network, because, hey... You know what? Spot on. And that's the most important thing because every single, everything that you go through in life is all about the experience. You know, it's not about, it's about what you make of it. Yeah, but it's all about the experience. And um, you can't always preempt how that experience is going to end. You can only say, I'm going to walk right through it and make the most of it, which is what you're doing. And I love that. <laughs> and um, back to the app, like you said, you wanted to create something that was clean or clear and concise, easy to use. Um, I think those were the words that you used. And yes, one thing that does stand out to me is the interface very easy to use um very very clean and clear as well how important was that for you to have a solid interface that was relatable to a large audience and how much effort went into that um it was extremely important mainly because i have hun i have loads of apps on my phone that i don't use and a big reason i stop using a lot of apps is i can't be bothered to sign up to finish like you download it because it sounds cool and then the sign up process is just long and you're like yeah not gonna do this mm -hmm. or you start using it it's hard to use so for us it was really really important for the app to be easy to use the second thing is finance investing already sounds complex a lot of people already think i don't know about this i you know i it just sounds hard and you want to make it approachable. You want people to un to feel that this is something for them, something that they can do. In terms of how much work went into this, a lot. We have an amazing design team. We have a bunch of people who are literally focused on 
you know, designing the app, designing the experience. My co-founder, Richmond, loves design. He's super passionate about e- making everything super clean in a way that even I'm not at all. <laughs> I'm not at all. I'm like, it doesn't matter. No one cares if it's size 10 or size 12. Aww. But, you know, he's super duper passionate about making sure everything looks great. Yeah. So he's definitely the... The, he's definitely the person you want to thank for loving. Thank your, you. I <laughs> love the interface. Ethics. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, honestly, it's um, it's great. That that is what made me not just obviously not just download Bamboo because I would have downloaded it before I saw the interface. But that is what made me um say yeah, Bamboo is going to be my go to for uh, trade and investment. So good job, <laughs> really good job on that. That's nice to hear. Good. <laughs> and I mean, earning in foreign currencies, I would say. Really, it's become a necessity at this point in time. If we're looking at the devaluation of the Naira, if you're like me and you earn in Naira, it is sad. We are living very sad lives. (laughs) Um, And I mean, the devaluation is just getting worse and Mm -hmm. it's getting worse. And an easy way... um, for people to earn in foreign currencies, of course, is through foreign stock investments. And that's why I learned to trade myself um, about a year ago. So how important would you say it is for millennials to really learn how to trade? So I always like to make the distinction generally, even though people inter switch the yeah, interchange them between trading and investing. That's true. Yeah. I think it's super important for millennials to learn how to invest because we're mm. young we're at the stage in our lives where we can take a little bit more risk. You can afford to let things go up and go down because you don't necessarily need it now. And just a lot is going on in the world where you look around and it sort of feels like, you know, it sometimes feels like the government or people in power don't necessarily care about our futures. And we might want to, you know, we're probably going to be, we're all we got, <laughs> you yeah. know, as they say. So I think mm-hmm. investing is super important, learning how to build wealth. But I always say it doesn't have to be something complex. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, super, super complex. If you just make a concerted effort to invest every single month, a certain amount every a certain amount every month Mm. or, you know, every quarter, every whatever consistency you can and just pick three or four companies that you really like. You know, we have 3000 stocks. You don't have to know anything about 3000 of them. But, you know. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, the ones you know, the ones you like, and just make a concerted effort to be consistent. I think that's the most important thing, consistency. Absolutely. And I mean, you make it so easy on Bamboo because you guys show like top movers. Every week you guys put out like stocks that we're interested in. So that also makes it a lot easier for people to see what's going on. Or if stocks have really shot up somewhere, you guys put in explanations as to why they've gone up. And that's really what makes it stand out. What would you say that people should know, though, before investing in stocks? Um, I think the most important thing when you're investing in stock is remembering that you're essentially signing up to become a part owner in the company. So what do they do? I'm always shocked at the number of people who invest in companies because someone told them about them and have no clue how the company makes money. I think it's basic thing. How do they make money? And then who are their competitors and how well do you think they're going to do comparative to their competitors? Because, you know, if you're investing, you sort of want to know why you've invested so that if something changes, you also know that, okay, you don't want to be an owner in this anymore. You want to sell. 
Yeah, it makes that makes a lot of sense. It's important to, and to be honest, I'm guilty of that. I would say <laughs> I don't always actually look into companies, um, how they make their revenue, etc. Before investing, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, well, damn, okay, it went up six percent today. What's tomorrow saying? <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I do um, I do completely get you on that. It is very important, and I mean, as great as it is for us users that sit back and once it's two thirty here in Nigeria mm-hmm. and the markets have opened and we're like, yes, as great as as I, as that is for us. Um, there's so much work and stress that goes into this for the developers <laughs> behind us all. So, I mean, how many hours of sleep are you getting a night? Um, we're trying. We're, we're trying. trying. We're, <laughs> balance. Oh. we're trying. But, I mean, it is a lot of work. There's a whole team that's dedicated to making all this happen. There's the tech team, you know, amazing tech team who, you know, make sure every time you click on the app, you click a button, it actually works. Your trades go through. But beyond the tech, which is, you know, what most people see, there's the less glamorous, should we say, kind of stuff. There's our marketing team who, you know, the reason you've even heard about the app. True. There's our <laughs> settlements team who collect your money, make sure your money gets the right place, make sure your money gets back to you, you know. Um, there's our design team who, you know, make sure everything is pretty, make sure our social media team is going great, yeah. our communications guys who are speaking to you. So it's... Uh, and you know, you know, and you know, our most important, well, everyone's important, but our customer support team, who <laughs> make sure you know that you're good, that you're enjoying your experience, and that if you have any problems, it's solved as quickly as possible. Because that was super duper important to us, customer support, customer experience, because we recognize that we're serving a low trust market, and that our users are, our users are low trust for a reason, and you know, they deserve. And, you know, that they're, take, they're trusting us with their money. So it's really, really important to us that, you know, when you reach out to support, when you have a problem, you're able to get answers as soon as possible. Even if we can't fix it immediately, we hear you, we're trying. And if you give us feedback, if you give us, you want features, we do try to add those. But yeah, it's a whole team. It's a bit, it's a small but efficient team, as we like to say. So if you're African and you want to invest anywhere in the world, we hope you can do that on Bamboo effortlessly easily and that you're able to earn real returns and you know build wealth in the things you want to build wealth in using our app love the sound of that how many african countries have you expanded to so far so we're currently just in nigeria right Mm. now but we should be in ghana and kenya very very soon and then, you know, we're taking requests. If you want us to come to your country, shoot us an email at support at investbamboo.com because it helps us build a thesis. Great, great. That's great. Do you, do you also plan on expanding into um, other stock exchanges as well, like the Nikkei in Japan? Um, so we definitely do. So like I said, a lot of a lot of our roadmap is going to be based on user requests, just in terms of there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of effort. There's a lot of, that goes into adding new markets and so there needs to be a sort of thesis or or justification for the effort put in so the u.s markets are quite easy you know you want that you know the companies but for other markets there's going to be a discussion around who already wants it what amount of education are we going to put you know are we going to need to get it on but we've already gotten lots of requests for uh, london and you know other markets 
were you interested in? What are I, you interested I wouldn't in? mind, actually. To be honest, I've never invested on any other stock exchange except for the New York Stock Exchange. So, I, I mean, it would be cool to invest in other stock exchanges. Definitely. I mean, if it was on Bamboo, trust me, I would I would do it. Um, so definitely, that is something that I would actually, yeah, I'd love to see coming <laughs> to okay, Bamboo. That, what's an, uh-huh. So what country would you want first? London Stock Exchange would be good. Okay. Um, I think it would be good to get the Nikki on as well. Johannesburg Stock Exchange is another good one that could be put on there too. Like, I don't know, maybe diversify African stock exchanges. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's important yeah. for us. I think what we're also trying to do is also put on other African products in general. So Brilliant. even if not just stocks, but, you know, other fixed income, you know, we have a lot of people reaching out that, yo, I want to invest, but I don't necessarily want to take equity risk. So, you know, we're looking at more fixed income, other sort of products. Like what? So bonds, for example. So how like people loved Nigerian treasury bills before the interest rates went to not great. Um, <laughs> to shit. So, <laughs> so you know, other countries also mm-hmm. have bonds with like great interest rates. For example, can we do those? You know, at, but then there'll be work around seeing how we can do that for the retail market. So mm-hmm. we're still working on that. Oh, what and about just, commodities like gold? Um. So again. The best way mm. I think right now for like retail for like retail market to invest in stuff like commodities is via ETFs. So there's literally an ETF for What's almost an ETF? everything. Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ETFs are exchange traded funds. Ah. So they're essentially like mutual funds, which I think a lot of people invest in, and mutual funds that trade on an exchange. So you sort of know what you want to buy, but you don't know, you know, you might know what industry or you might have like a vague idea. And then you just let asset managers put together the funds for you. And there's funds for literally everything in the world. And so a commodity, you know, so I think commodities, ETF. So there's an exchange traded fund, for example, that just tracks the price of gold. So you can buy into the gold ETF. And we have them on Bamboo it's under the alternative investments category. Okay, clearly I need to, ex- <laughs> I need to um, what's it called, explore my app a bit more. <laughs> yeah, so it's easy. And so what it just lets mm. you do is you make money as the price of gold rises and falls without having to think about storing a bar of gold, for example. So that sort of thing, I think, works better for us now. I think I have found the next thing that I'm investing in, guys. <laughs> gold! <laughs> no, that's that's brilliant. And I heard the gold has really um, gone up this year. Yeah, it has. The Yeah, everything is working upside down right now, actually. So it has, even though, mm. yeah, which is crazy. But yeah. it seems to be. So everyone's making money. Which is great. Everyone's making money. That's that's the most important thing, you know. Mm-hmm. What's the end goal here, though, for Invest Bamboo? What would you say that your end goal is? Um, helping people make money. If there honestly. is an end, should there, should, there should be no end. Yeah. Why am I asking that? <laughs> I mean, but that's the end. That, that's uh-huh. what the end is, right? Like helping, just yeah. helping people make more money. Each person. I'm always happy when people reach out and like, oh, I made, you know, $500. I made $1,000 on Bamboo. I'm like, oh, yay. Like, that's great. Yeah. It's especially nice when it's Nigerians and then they've made money in dollars. And they've also made money because they invested when the Naira to dollar was at 360. And now it's at 400 and something. And, you know, so they've also made money on that end. And that's sort of the goal. So as long as people keep being born and people keep turning 18, there's going to be more people for us to help make money. That's, you know, I love it. Make money, make money, make money. How many users have you grown to so far? So right now, in terms of um, actively trading users, we have over 10,000 actively trading users right now. And we have over 100,000 people signed up. So we're trying to get them trading 
and you know would you say that that gap is because a lot of people don't understand how to trade and haven't started learning yet so they just download it because they're like oh this is cool but they don't really know how to then use it um so i think there's that Mm. there's definitely an education gap there's also definitely a financial gap where i want to invest but i don't currently have the income levels to invest you know so we try and make it accessible with a t- only a 20 dollar minimum and we have fractional investing so you'd never have to buy the entire share but you know it's still quite it's still a lot of money for some people if we're being honest about our economy and so for us the the work we have to do is add on other asset classes mm-hmm. make it even more accessible and you know try and put things in place that help people make more money quite frankly you're right there is a financial gap you know what i'm not everybody even has 20 dollars to say i can even just put 20 dollars mm-hmm. towards this now a lot of people would even have to go back and say i have to save that 20 dollars to then go and you know put it in and it's a, it's a huge issue and with covid hitting a lot of people are now also unemployed how do you see that affecting the app um so for us there's different you know there's different ways to look up look at mm-hmm. this there's the first one of Okay, so we have a mix of we have a mix of users now, but from what I heard from you, there's twenty thousand people with a hundred thousand dollars that I should probably focus on and get their entire hundred k. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's step one. Mm. And then there's you know another. I mean, twenty thousand is a negligible number. So there's mm. still two hundred million people who we need to help make money. Yeah. And so for us, it's just like challenge accepted. Yeah, I get <laughs> and just you. figuring out how to serve them across the board. I think you know there's. There's, there's discussions around, you know, people make how people make money, how people invest, what do people want to invest in. I think it'll be key for us to add on, add on other asset classes because you know, poor people mm. don't want to be taking equity risk. Yeah, simple and they as. They don't have the they don't have the luxury of taking equity risk or earning equity returns, and so we have to also serve that market. Mm. But like I mentioned, us. The most important stakeholder is our users and our entire job is figuring out ways to serve them. Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. And the educational gap as well. How how do you at Bamboo intend on trying to is the is the right word influence? Trying to, I don't know, navigate around that? Um, so there are a couple of ways we do that and we're still learning. We're still trying to see what works. The first one is via the app. So we do try and explain, try and make things as simple as possible so that you get on and you can navigate it. You might not have the most perfect understanding, but you can sort of navigate it. The second one is we've just started putting out shorts, like mini books, ebooks, so like very, very you know, just shorts shareable documents as we call them internally of just how to get started in the stock market what to do and you know we sometimes have instagram lives with finance experts that talk about that talk about the markets etc we also have a lot of newsletters that we send well we have a daily newsletter and a weekly newsletter we ask you to opt in for the daily one because a daily newsletter is spam if you don't want <laughs> if you don't want it so that's key which is and but those newsletters are really just aimed at keeping you abreast of what's going on in the market because like i said the most important thing is understanding the companies that are there and then we have a blog where we're trying to put up more educa- more educational content and just generally more education educational content is going to come up as people ask us questions we try and talk to our users a lot and that way we know what education they need what they don't understand and we're trying to meet them at the point of their need so we're still Mm -hmm. tweaking it we're still working on it and you know if you have advice for us please let us know we're taking it what would you say gives you the greatest joy about running bamboo i know you said you love it when users call you and say i just made a thousand dollars 
What's that one thing that brings the greatest joy to um, you? So that ha- that's not about users making money. Mm. Um, it's really our team. I love the team at Bamboo. Everyone wants to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all sort of working together to make th- this work. I love it when, you know, someone on team comes and says, oh, I think we need to do this better and we need to improve this. I, I really, really love when I don't even know when something's going on and, you know, people are fixing things, making improvements that have nothing to do with me. And it just makes me happy because apart from building a product and app and the people want as a co-founder running a company in Nigeria I really really want to build a workplace and a culture that people actually want to work at and people feel like they can grow at and so you know that's important to me so yeah if you work at Bamboo and you're listening and I'm wrong tell me (laughs) if you work at Bamboo you better be wiping some tears right now because that was so sweet (laughs) oh wow do you see yourself creating more applications in the future no No, oh um, so I'm not doing another mm. startup ever again. Why? And if I, if by some like self, just <laughs> if I mis, you know, if I mistakenly do another startup again, it's definitely not going to be in financial services. What I'm not collecting anyone's money again. <laughs> Okay, you know we're going to have to break this down. So what is that stress that you're like, as much as I love this, this stress, I never want to see it again? Um, so I'm building the startup I want to build. I really, really like this yeah. startup. And, you know, if we do it and it works out, and you know, and it works exactly how we want it to work out or even better, then we'd have done something really, really great. And I feel like we'd have achieved something, you know, something great and we'd have helped people do something so there's the a of i don't know how long this is going to take and you know we have really lofty ambitions and it's going to take a while so i'm pretty certain i'm going to be doing this for a while and then you know startups are stressful very 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 stressful i always say you think it's going to be hard and then you start and you realize it's harder than you thought but you know everyone is going through the struggle too so it's okay and you know it never really stops and i don't know that i want to do this like grind again you know i might start you know i might do something else do other things you know more impact kind of stuff or even other business kind of stuff that isn't necessarily this hectic but in terms of financial services um i feel like there's an extra stress especially when you do financial services in africa because once nigerians africa you know once nigerians have given you their money they're on edge oh yeah and just in general and i think that's fair enough because you know it's one thing if your instagram is not loading or whatsapp is down Mm -hmm. versus if your banking app isn't working Uh you're trying to transfer (laughs) money you know that's more serious i think Mm -hmm. you know from a user point of view it's like fair enough like yeah fair enough i'm stressed they low you know when a society of mmm so of course people are on edge so i totally understand wait what was mmm (laughs) please MMM was this thing, yeah. money-making... Sk- I don't know the exact details, mm. but you essentially make 3x your money every month for doing nothing. So yeah. a pyramid scheme that basically swathed people of all of their finances and then said, well, look at you now. <laughs> no, literally. And, you know, I, rem- I remember when it collapsed around Christmas. So people were waiting for their money, were scrambling. Christmas. Yeah, yeah it was, you know, December. <laughs> so we live people have gone through this and you know that's on a large scale there's everyone in nigeria has a story of someone they've given money to do something hasn't returned their money it's ridiculous and i feel like 
if you understand and accept that it makes sense why we're a low trust society i mean i asked mm-hmm. someone to please help me change money the other day and before they had gone started telling me a story of how oh some bdcs have one juju that they do <laughs> <laughs> that when you count the money at the bdc that's a british yeah. place you change the money when you count the money at the bdc it'll be complete but when the money gets to you at home the money would have finished i'd be like um Bring my money in full, please. Don't tell me any story, because <laughs> I don't know why you felt the need to you give know, this. You'll come preamble. with half of my money that there was jazz at the BDC. Exactly. Oh, I no, don't no, know why no. you felt the need to give this preamble, but just bring my money. Back. Just bring my money back there. <laughs> These things happen, and you know, it's people's money, and people mm-hmm. care about their money. People work hard for their money, and you know, once you understand that, you understand why people are more on edge, and you respect that, and you don't joke with it. And so, yeah, the question is why I'm not going to do another financial services start- yeah. startup. Um, so it's just it's just more stressful yeah. than you know others than you know other stuff. And you know, if I'm assuming I'm going to keep, obviously this assumes I'm all of this assumes I'm going to keep living in Nigeria mm. and you know keep doing Africa stuff. You know, if I move to America and I start building for white people, but things will change. Getting white people valuations, <laughs> you know, then you know there's there's a discussion to be had. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just generally, I just feel like, yeah, if we do this, if we make it work, it'll be great. And, you know, on the other, on the other end, there's a lot of stuff I'm also really, really interested in and that I really want to do that I would love to work on post bamboo that isn't financial services. And I love the fact that you've just mentioned that because I was going to say, what does Yamo do for fun? So tell me as well, what are those things that you would love to see yourself working on? For fun? Well, both for fun and then also in terms of your career as well going forward. Okay, so stuff I like that mm. I want to work on. So um, the one thing that's super duper important to me is sexual and reproductive health and just generally, you know, you know, access to sanitary, yeah. you know, access to birth control, just sexual and, re- and just generally sexual and reproductive health. And I'll be, I'd love to work on something that helps fix that for Africa and you know, for the world, really, quite yeah. frankly. And then power is actually super important to me. It still is. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't feel like we, we can make any real progress as a country until we have unlimited power supply. Yeah. Even, you know, I was on another... I was on talk, you know, the other day, and mm-hmm. they were talking about how, you know, our FX problem is essentially a demand and supply, a, <laughs> demand and supply problem yeah. because at the end of the day... The essential issue is we need dollars and nobody needs Naira. And the best way to solve that is to start exporting things. But the key problem is when the, the stuff we export is still too expensive on the international markets. So, you know, it's not yeah. a charity. People are still going to buy the cheaper, most f- better option. And a key thing is power. We can't we can't compete with people who don't who aren't paying for diesel. Even, you know, we're here recording this podcast. I'm paying sure for much, diesel. much cheaper for everyone involved if mm-hmm. who I'm paying for diesel. It's ridiculous that a country of our size has the yeah. you know has doesn't have twenty four hour power supply. Yeah. And you know, I'd love to do something to do with that. So you yeah. know, it's other startup. It's so you know these aren't none of these will be startups in mm. the same way, but they'll be interesting to work on and hopefully they'll make some impact. Yeah. And fun stuff. What do I do for fun? Well, my favorite thing to do for fun, I haven't been able to do this year, is travel. Me too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I really like traveling. I really want to go to every continent. I want to go to as many countries as possible. I love food. Me too. Um, and um, what else? I really, really like music. I listen to music every day. Yeah. I drink wine, eat yeah. food, listen to music on holiday. Sounds like a perfect day. Sounds like a perfect life <laughs> to me. I mean, what else does one need? Wine, holidays, music. Um, but yeah, no, that is that is uh, great stuff to do for fun. And you mentioned sexual and reproductive health. Honestly, that's something I'm so passionate about as well. I'm always cracking my head on how we can make contraceptives readily accessible and available to all young women who need them today. And the fact that that's not the case is something that, honestly, I'm never going to give up on finding ways to help out um, to do with solving that. It's a, it's a serious issue. I'm glad that that's um, one of your key areas of interest and focus. Power as well, don't get me started. It yeah. just makes me so angry. And now we have an electricity tariff hike. What's the guarantee that we're still going to get the minimum 12 hours a day electricity that they're saying? The infrastructure is not even there, you know, for us to have adequate power, um, power supply. Yeah, I mean, the power one is complex mm. and it's super duper nuanced, but it is factual that we can't fix it until we pay how much it should cost. Facts. So that is there is that. It's going to suck for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess the whole Nigeria problem is a trust problem again. I'm sure most people are happy to pay if we trusted that we would we get pay, it. you know, stuff was going to work. But all of us worry okay, we're, go- we're going to pay and nothing is going to change. Yeah. And, but, you know, that's nuanced and, you know, hopefully they figure it out or we'll figure it out. That's my whole world we got. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <With> millennials. <laughs> I don't know how much hope I still have. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But with um, sexual and reproductive health, interestingly, I'm also super duper passionate about education surrounding it. Yeah. Because you can only give out condoms to people who are going to take them, for example. Exactly. Give out contraceptives. And especially in this part of the world, we sometimes get, we sometimes forget because, you know, it's easy to build ideological liberal bu- bubbles, you know, and think, oh, everyone believes the things you do. But if you just step out a little bit, you realize there's still millions of people who think Otherwise. condoms are for prostitutes. Yep. And contraception means you are wayward mm-hmm. and all these ridiculous things. And so there's a huge amount of work that needs to be done on just influencing mindsets, influencing thoughts, processes. And I sort of think that is the step before you start trying to hand out. 100%. I mean, ideally do both at the same time, but... You have to educate the people first. But they need to be educated in, you know, Mm -hmm. in everything. And, you know, there's across the board, there's, you know, the whole... You know, just everything. Yeah, because you have to break those stigmas down before mm-hmm. people can actually start accepting that something should be a way of life for them if they want their life to be better and for their living of st- standard of living to um, increase as well. You know, but Yamu, I've kept you long enough. Before you go, what are your plans for 2021? I'm sure you have loads of exciting plans. Travel. Yes. So as many places <laughs> as possible. 2020 has taught everyone that we can work virtually. Mm-hmm. So the main takeaway from 2020 is I really don't have to be in Lagos. I'm telling <laughs> Oh, you know, I love you so much. That is honestly my main takeaway. I'm like, I can be anywhere, anywhere. in the world. Yeah. Anywhere with internet. Anywhere with internet. We're good to go. Had an amazing time with you today on the podcast. Let people know how can they download Bamboo, uh, find out more information about Bamboo. Um, So you can go on investbamboo.com to find out more information. You can also find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and it's also Invest Bamboo. And you can just download us on any app store. 
and just search for Bamboo Invest Trade Earn and we should pop up. And if you have any problems, any questions, you can just send us an email at support at investbamboo.com and we'll reach out very, very quickly.